Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Okay, I'll podcast. What is it now, Karen? Episode 8. Hello. Good evening. Belated happy birthday. Thanks. Well, I said happy birthday on your birthday, but um, I think we've still got boxes behind you there, babe, but I think you've got some big news for us. There are less boxes than there was last week or the week before. The bathroom has done. <laughs> oh my God, yes. The best, the best birthday gift ever. Congratulations. Well done. You finally got there. Finally got there. It only took, what, six weeks of hardship and a couple of positive COVID cases, but... Yep, a few trips back and forth. Um, some near-carried moments when we bought the wrong furniture and it didn't arrive on time. and It was a whole situation, but... <laughs> I had a bath last night. Oh, lovely. We celebrated the birthday bath. Yeah, but see, because it's been so long since I've had a bath, I was in for about five minutes and I thought I was going to pass out. It was so warm. <laughs> <laughs> it does get that way. Sometimes you do feel like the, the vapours are getting to your head. Yeah, and because it was my birthday and everyone knew that I was really excited about getting my bath, I got a lot of bath products. So I think I went oh. a little bit OTT. I was a bit sparkled by all the snails and the <laughs> the fumes like, coming from my bath. Was it like that bath in Harry Potter where it's got all the different bubble baths and it's all like... Yeah, it ends up just going a bit brown. Oh! <laughs> God. Oh. Too much information. It, did, it was a sort of brown glittery colour though, so... Oh, you know what they say? They can't, you can't polish a turd, but you can roll it in glitter. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've got a couple of things to share from in relation to last week. Okay. So obviously last week, we sp- we, last episode, we spoke about Meghan Markle. Mm-hmm. I think, then I, then I send you this picture? I was in the WH Smith at work. There was a magazine and I could not believe it. I was like, you have got to be kidding me on. I can't believe, I can't believe my luck. I was like, that's so funny. I was just talking about that. So it was a, I can't remember what magazine it was. It was probably something like Women Weekly or... 
what are they called? Like Hello and but not even as good as Hello, like one of the pure crappy ones. It's just Hello's quite posh. Um, heat closer now. Oh, it'll be Heat or closer. Yeah, yeah. It'll be one of them. That's my kind of guilty yeah. pleasure. I have to say. Oh, for God's sake! The People's Friend is that the one for old people? Like stops and being. Yeah, it sounds it. Or the one that's the true life stories. Oh, it's like um, my uncle ate my cat and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I slept with my dead husband and. <laughs> there was a woman on this morning. Uh, last, this is I keep talking about this morning on this. People honestly must think I'm don't work. But is that the woman who split up from her ghost boyfriend? From her ghost fiance, yeah. <laughs> I was like. Because he was like into drugs and he was his life was spiraling out of control. Yeah, he got he got he got in with the wrong crowd. Wrong crowd. Ghosts. Portuguese ghosts when they went on holiday and they got in with the wrong crowd and um, went off the rails. But anyway, this um, headline was on one of these rags and it was a picture of Meghan Markle and the headline was Meghan blasted, stop playing the victim, fury over self-pitying outburst. And then immediately under it was a picture of Kate Middleton. It says, plus Kate's super chic makeover and like this beautiful picture of Kate Middleton. <laughs> It's Case so in point of our, what we were talking about last week. I know, it's so, so funny. Well, it's not funny, it's quite sad, but it's quite funny. Yeah. And the next thing I wanted to share, which I've deliberately kept from you, um, <laughs> just because I was shook to my very core by this, I was laughing out loud by myself. I came across somebody who's written a little poem about Prince Harry. On, she, now, she's just knocked it out on Twitter, by the looks of it. Two verses, eight lines, short and sweet. We used to have a Prince Harry who loved to frolic and play. <laughs> I told you last week, people are obsessed with Prince Harry. Who loved to frolic and play. Even whilst being a soldier, we saw him smile all day. <laughs> Beautiful. He then met an evil... He then met an evil sorceress. She turned him into a joke. But these days he seldom frolics, just goes on all day about woke. Wow. <laughs> Very powerful words there from Could this Joe. be a woman from last week who called her um, Meghan Markle a joke? Now that is what I, I thought it was a strange coincidence that um, that he, she's called him a joke. Mm-hmm. I just, that just, oh my God, the evil sorceress bit just made me me laugh so much. That's that's kind of what I was alluding to last <sighs> week. Oh, it's all, it's usually sort of high profile men, you know, they make any sort of decision, but it's always the kind of evil wife in the background who's pulling the strings. Not that he's a, a fully grown adult who can make his own decisions. It's always the manipulative wife. These people also forget, like he's married us. Do you know what I mean? They obviously, <laughs> obviously, obviously like each other. <laughs> like he doesn't. He's not doing it against his will. <laughs> he then met an evil sorceress. She turned him into a joke. But I think, what have I actually been doing? Life-wise, nothing. 
My life has been consumed with um, bathroom renovations, but... But you must be so satisfied now that you're finally there. Yeah. I'm so pleased for you. I would would quite like to have a bath, actually. I don't have one. I mean, it's worth it now, but not worth the, the hassle. What did you have before? What kind of suite did you have before? Just like a shower cubicle, but it was the world's smallest shower cubicle ever. Too small in terms of height or in terms of width? Width. Hmm. Like, some news for you, babe. I try to say. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. You're looking, uh, you're looking quite lovely tonight. Have you got a wee bit of slap on? I do as, as it goes, yes. Lovely. I was out for a little bit of brunch. Oh my God. Right, okay, that reminds me of something else I need to talk about before we start proper, but continue about your brunch. Uh, I mean, there's not much else to say about for brunch. With my brother, the meal was lovely, no need to escalate to managers, the service was fantastic, food was lovely, no complaints. We'll be back. (laughs) Fantastic. We'll be back. What did you have to eat? Soup and a ciabatta. So it wasn't really brunch, it was more of a, a lunch. Lunch? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I said it. I just, I just feel like brunch sounds cooler to say. <laughs> what did you have to tell me about brunch? No, it wasn't It wasn't to tell you, it was for you to tell us. You had your birthday, you went out for, for a little birthday bite, didn't you? And you got our favourite meal on the What Is It Now Karen podcast. I did. Macaroni cheese. Woohoo! And... It was okay. Is it Karen of the week time? It's Karen of the week time. I'll go first. Yeah, you go first. Okay. It's been a couple of weeks where we've, um, you know, we've not, uh, I mean, I certainly haven't been surprised, but a lot of people were up in arms, but it was like, did you really expect anything less from them? Where the Conservative Party voted um, against feeding the most deprived children. Essentially voted against feeding school children that needed it the most. They voted against the free school meal vouchers over the holidays, extending the free school meal uh, scheme over the holidays. 322 Conservative MPs voted against it. Um, I have to say that, and like you said, maybe I expected too much that I actually was surprised because we're not living in normal circumstances. So while I think pandemic or not children don't deserve to go hungry but you just think come on during a global pandemic people are losing their jobs left right and center exactly i'm surprised that they voted against it are you though i'm just not surprised at all i know i shouldn't be but i actually i was actually quite upset i mean every time we think we've reached peak tory they they outdo themselves in the kind of despicability stakes anyway so I would, I would like to make the entire Tory party my uh, Karen of the week. But mine actually goes to somebody on Twitter who has kind of um, missed the point completely. And he said um, he's attached a picture of somebody sitting on the street in army fatigues. Don't know who the person is. This is such and such. And he's given a name. No source. He was a homeless soldier who died on the streets of Edinburgh in 2018. There are currently 320,000 homeless people in the UK, yet the left are focusing on hashtag free school meals. Where is the campaigning for the homeless? At Marcus Rashford at UK Labour. Today... It's just, it's missing the point entirely. Exactly, what I was about to say. Today, in missing the point, Phil from 
wherever steps up with an absolute screamer. Now, does does he not? Does he not? I mean, I I think surely when you're campaigning for poor kids to get a meal over the holidays, I think automatically you would also be very inclusive of doing the same for homeless people. Do you know what I mean? I don't think I don't think your your compassion ends at the age cut off of like twelve. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and because you're campaigning about one thing doesn't mean that you you dis- you know that you disregard other things. Do you know what's actually quite interesting that his Twitter name? So it's his name, a Union Jack emoji. You're gonna get in trouble. Not, I didn't say anything. I let the silence <laughs> linger. And a hashtag hashtag most lives matter. Most? Most. Oh God. What does that mean? That's a bit sinister. Well usually racist people disguise themselves under the all lives matter thing because they're saying oh black people and white people's lives matter but saying most lives matter what lives don't matter well good on marcus rashford yeah good on him although i'm i'm a bit disappointed that he accepted that mbe or that will be whatever it was he got Mm. do you know what i mean I feel like they were giving him that to like, it was almost like appeasement. Yeah, to shut him up. Well, to shut him up, but also to shut the public up. For them to be like, on one hand, like, oh, Marcus Rashford, great service, give him, give him an MBE. But literally almost in the same week, vote against giving kids a meal. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just unbelievable. It's just, I couldn't, I, it is beyond belief. Do you know that the children's minister, who's <laughs> supposed to obviously have the the well-being and rights of children in this country as her top priority voted against it how's that compatible with with that role it's um out because at first i was just i was genuinely stunned because in my mind you know surely children not going hungry is a is a universal ideal no matter what political stance you take no matter what political ties you have or affiliations you have i'm sure everyone can agree that children not being hungry is a is a good thing, right? So I really tried to like do a bit of digging to kind of see people's kind of reasoning behind voting against it. And the usual thing was that the a common thing, sorry, was that um, sort of the usual parents become reliant on the state. It mean it makes parents lazy, all that sort of stuff. But one one that I saw which was just absolutely bizarre, was a Tory MP for Workington. I might be getting that wrong. Mm -hmm. But he said, and I've written it down here, I know in my constituency that as a tiny minority as it may be, food parcels are sold or traded for drugs. (laughs) What? Uh, I mean... How out of touch do you need to be? I'm sorry, but no one is trading tins of beans <laughs> and loaves of bread for drugs. That is not happening. And if and as he's even said, if it is happening, then it must be a tiny minority. Um, it's it beggars belief. You know that I was expecting the kind of argument that people were saying, "Oh, it makes people rely on the state," and even if that's the case, children don't deserve to go hungry. But this was just food parcels for soldiers traded for drugs. For that, that, I mean, that statement is just ridiculous. I mean, read the 
flipping room. Do you know what I mean? You've you've just voted to starve Wayne's over the summer, and you're coming out all, and then you're coming out all guns blazing, accusing their parents of being drug addicts as well. Like, yeah, like you said, read the room. These people have no sense. So it was quite hard. Did you see there was like lots of um, pubs and restaurants and cafes and things around various different um, um, Tory MP Tory constituencies putting signs up saying that they, their their MP was barred. Yeah, I love that. Love that. I um, love well, I love it, and it also makes me sad. But all the kind of small independent restaurants, cafes, bars who are obviously been really affected and really hit by you know, lockdown measures and things all kind of rallying together and offering sort of meals for kids and things. I just think that's great. That's great, but it shouldn't ever have to It shouldn't to have to happen, but it's, I guess it's it's nice to see. Mm. Do you know, actually, what I've seen that's been really boiling my piss? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that expression? I've, I've never heard that expression before. All these sort of just Karens saying... Um, you can buy um you can buy a whole chicken out of Aldi for five pounds, and you can then make a roast dinner on the Sunday, and then you can boil the bones for a broth and just throw in some vegetables <laughs> and some noodles to make some soup, and then use the carcass for a stock the following day, <laughs> and then you're feeding your family for only five pounds, so poor people don't have a reason to not feed their children. You know. Oh, first of all. I don't even know where to start. First of all, shut up. First of all, shut up. Yeah, that's it. Second of all, people say that who have never, who, 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 they eat on a budget through choice, not necessity. So even what she's saying there, going, being able to shop in Aldi is a luxury because often they're out of town, they're in suburbs, they're not in, you know, you need to mostly, you need to have a car to go shop in these types of places. Mm-hmm. I am um, so I, I did a I did a dissertation at uni and it kind of focused on young young people and deprivation and to kind of like barriers and challenges and actually quite interestingly when it comes to kind of food shopping and things in deprived areas there's there's actually very little provision of like you know a normal sized supermarket like a lot of the stuff is like co-ops or premiers or like convenience stores like that where the pre- or spars where the prices are much higher or there's there's actually a higher density of fast food outlets there's a higher density of things like gambling shops off licenses all these things are much are concentrated really really highly in deprived areas um and you know you then you can come to like the west end of glasgow and you've got a, a lovely big waitress and mm. you know you've got all your supermarkets here as well as the wee shops you know, as as structural and kind of mm-hmm. systematic, and also I think the argument that like this argument like, oh, but you could, but for a pound a day I could go out and I could buy. Well, yeah, for a pound a day I could go and buy an enormous bag of flour and the water and the taps free and buy some yeast and just make bread and I and I could just love off bread and water. And but like where's the where's the where's the enjoyment? What did you say? Filling up with rickets. Rickets. Well, exactly. Malnourishment and also simply and basically the pleasure and enjoyment of having a nice hot delicious meal at the end of the day like we all deserve that this is the idea, we've spoken about this before the idea that poor people don't deserve to have anything nice like if you can't afford it you shouldn't have it you should you should pay for all your necessities save the rest up 
but that's just not what happens for for numerous different reasons and a lot of it's to do with you know the fact that they're saving is if you're if you're very very impoverished saving is futile because you're literally living from one electricity stick to the next and there's no point in putting 50 pound in the bank because you're going to need to use it And it's also, you know, we talk, uh, and it's, it's hard, uh, try not to make kind of sweeping generalizations, even though we do numerous times every single week that we record. Yeah. But a lot of time when you, you know, the kids that can't, aff- the parents that can't afford to feed their kids, there might be other issues going on, kind of social issues, you know, whether that's substance um, use problems, or maybe it's, you know, domestic violence problems and or chaotic lifestyles or, you know, just things like that that mean that it isn't possible for a, for, for a child to get a good breakfast or a good meal or a, even one meal a day um, throughout school holidays. And if you're going to try and lift people out of poverty, you need to make, well, the first step, we always say this in developing countries, we always fund, like, with foreign aid, we always fund, like, women and young girls' education, don't we? Because, like, that's to like empower them and give them an education, give them the chance to have a job. It, the same goes here in this country. You, when you're living in a capitalist society where your worth is determined by, you know, how much, how productive you are and how, you know, what kind of education you can get, what kind of job you can get and how much money you can earn and the house you can buy. Like, it's so important that you educate. Well, it's important to get an education anyway, but then if these kids go to school hungry, they're not going to learn. They're not going to pay attention. And just what and the cycle said, starts all over again. What you said there about like the substance abuse and things, the really sad thing is, is that a lot of people then, like your your Tory MP for Workington, who uses sort of substance abuse as a reason that kids don't deserve free school meals because their parents are drug addicts. That to me is the very reason those kids need it the most. Exactly. All these grown adults on Twitter essentially read, read what they're saying and what they're saying is punish the kids because because the parents can't budget or punish the kids because yeah. the parents are struggling. So punish the Waynes. Not, that's dreadful, that's horrible. I hope we need to make sure that this doesn't happen cyclically so we better feed the kids so that at least they're happy and healthy and can get a decent day's school education with their pals and go on to alleviate their circumstances in one way or another. Rant over. But I mean, on on the lighter side, school dinners in general. (laughs) Rate rate my plate, school dinners-wise. Do you remember remember, um, high school? I remember going in once quite late with Scott and we went up to the counter and like they never ever had like a menu up or, to, or anything to tell you what was on that day. You just you literally had to just look at other people leaving the counter to see what they had in their tubs to be like, oh, oh there's cake and custard on the day. Mm-hmm. I said to one of the dinner ladies, what's on today? And she said, tell me what you want and I'll tell you if we've got it. <laughs> I was like, eh... Uh, Okay, I don't even know where to start. Like, have you got soup? Have you got pizza? Yeah, tell me, tell me what you want, and I'll tell you if you've got it. Bizarre, bizarre statement to make. You, what do you mean? You're the one that has the food. What was your favourite school dinner? Macaroni cheese. 
Uh, I can imagine macaroni and cheese at school was crap. It was okay. It was mean it was the best at a bad bunch. Do you remember cowboy? What? Oh, you wouldn't have had cowboy beans because you were a vegetarian. Cowboy beans? What the hell are cowboy beans? I thought that was when you ate beans cold. No, well, in in our school it was um, hot dogs and beans just mixed in. <laughs> I don't know why they were what was cowboy about them, but is that a, is that a broke back mountain reference? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, I I do vaguely remember like school dinners at the very start of primary school were like smiley faces and beans and fish fingers and then like very quickly became you know baked potatoes sandwiches that kind of thing but to this day my favorite school dinner canteen dinner remains like a broccoli bake (laughs) (laughs) do you know what i mean like broccoli and cauliflower it's like basically cauliflower cheese but with broccoli and potatoes and some Mm. cheese sauce and grilled it's actually quite nice gives me absolutely horrific wind but um but we move on. So, another food-related Karen from me this week. Love it. And now what do you think gets Karens even more annoyed than Meghan Markle? Meghan Markle being right about something. Even more, even more than that. Um being overcharged for something nope <laughs> um finding a <laughs> uh, I was going to say finding a hair in their soup nope vegans oh <laughs> yeah they would they would hate vegans okay so they would totally hate vegans I've got a tweet here from Piers Morgan friend of the show Friend of the show <laughs> has um, retweeted an article about a vegan butcher shop opening. And he said, A vegan butcher shop, and people wonder why I've written a book about the world going nuts. And we have a comment here. So, by definition, a butcher is a person whose trade is cutting up and selling meat in a shop. The owner of this shop could be done under the Trade Description Act. Unless, of course, secretly sticks a lamb in amongst the vegetables. <laughs> and that is just one of hundreds of hundreds of comments of angry meat eaters who are very offended that the term butcher is now being used by non-meat eaters. Snowflakes. <laughs> that That's kind of the thing. I, my, my first reaction was that a lot of, like, Piers Morgan is very kind of, you know, everyone's a snowflake these days, you know, everything's too woke, but they're getting very offended by a vegan butcher shop. It's not a butcher. Uh, if people if people want to eat meat, why don't they just eat meat instead of eating all this fake stuff? That's a really great impression of a Karen. Thank you. Now, this is classic. And yeah. we say this every week. This is classic Karen because they are going to escalate to authorities. Yeah, under the and Trade Description Act. <laughs> exactly. And they know their rights under the Trade, trade Description Act. Yep. Trade and Standards. I used to work with a guy. He was a nice he was a nice enough guy. But um he used to just you know, if we were serving 
a different kind of cream than what was on the menu. He'd be like, trading standards, trading standards. <laughs> I'd be like, give it a rest, nobody cares. Whipped yeah. cream, clotted cream, what's the difference? Anyway, trading standards, would they really do you? Would they really do you under that, under a butcher shop? First of all, first of all, I am, now I'm a veg, I'm, full disclosure, I'm a vegetarian. A lot of respect for vegans because it must take so much effort to make something appetizing if you can't have eggs or cheese or milk or, do you know what I mean? Cream. Cream, or even like a lot of veggie products have those, like even like corn's got like egg protein in it or egg whites in it or something like that, right? So fine, if you want to do that, that's fine. Good for the planet, good for you. If you've got the effort and the energy to make delicious meals, all the better. But I'm a bit interested in why they've called it a vegan butcher shop. What what are they doing in it that's that's mimicking a, a butcher shop? Do you know? Well, I think it's all your um, meat alternatives. So vegetable sausages, vegetable kind of chicken, beef, you know, all your corn and different brands and things like that. Right. I actually think it's really cool for... People who, because a lot of the comments under this as well is, oh, why don't you just eat meat if you like the taste of meat? I am, would you say maybe flexitarian? Oh, how very 2020. (laughs) I don't really, I've totally gone off meat. Um, I eat some fish occasionally, but I would say I'm, for the most part, vegetarian. But a lot of people like the taste of meat. Fair enough. They maybe want to cut down or they want to reduce their intake or they want to cut out completely, but they really enjoy the taste. Mm-hmm. So something like that, I think, is a really good way to introduce vegan and non-meat alternatives. Yeah, but if you kind of like mimic the norm, like if you mimic a butcher shop, it makes it kind of less of a jump for people. You know, if you go from being, I mean, not many people buy their meat from a butcher shop every day anyway yeah. but like if you make it so that it's almost like a simulation of the real thing then it's probably a bit easier but people people say that to me as well like you know right if you have like corn meatballs or like a corn chicken burger or something it's like well if you're that if you're going to just mimic meat why would you not just eat it it's like well because of the environmental impact on this corn chicken burger compared to a real chicken burger is obviously minuscule and also like you still, just because you don't eat like meat, you still need to have like a protein to kind of build your meal around. You can't just mm-hmm. sit and eat carbs and vegetables. Yeah. And as well, just because this vegan butcher shop is open, you don't need to shop in there. <laughs> exactly. This is a recurring theme, by the way, with the cams. Remember you said you think it might be fear? Like uh-huh. they're all scared of something? Like, yeah, nobody's forcing you to be a vegan. <laughs> Like we're not, they're not starting a campaign to convert every butcher shop to a vegan butchery. Mm-hmm. I just... think it would be really cool because a lot of the kind of meat alternatives, not only do they look disgusting, but they, they're tasteless or they've got a weird texture. But So I think there is a real market for really good quality um, meat alternatives for people who like the taste of meat, like the texture of meat, but just don't, they just want to cut down for whatever reason, whether it's for their health digestion or for environmental reasons well let me let me tell you in the words of in the words of eve and gwen stefani let me blow your mind richmond veggie sausages right are quite possibly the greatest 
I mean, they're definitely the best veggie sausage I've ever had. Would I go as far as to say they're the best meat-free product I've ever had in my life? They're up there. And I've had 25 years of meat-free products, <laughs> remember? I've got 25 years of this game under my belt. My top meat-free product would be... I've got two. We can't have two tops, because that, that's... It's my podcast. I can have two if I want. <laughs> <laughs> my top two would be corn crispy chicken nuggets. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Did you say chicken nuggets? Corn or crispy ch- chicken nuggets. <laughs> I thought you were going your worst up. I might have done. Corn crispy chicken nuggets. That's a difficult sentence to say, corn crispy chicken nuggets. One of my friends who eats me like, prefers them to real chicken nuggets. Yeah, they're like McDonald's um, ones. My number two is the Linda McCartney... Country pies. No, Linda McCartney oh. burgers with mozzarella. So it's Dippers. like burgers with a mozzarella in the middle. Oh, the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, I had one of them last week. They're, yes, they're, really, good. they're really good. They're really juicy. Mm-hmm. Don't, rate, don't rate her sausages, though. Have you had the chorizo ones? Yeah, they were all right. Yeah, you can get, you can get veggie... Um, I think it's corn. You can get corn, um, chorizo, and uh, salami and stuff. Salami slices now. Bloody brilliant. There's so much. There's honestly so much choice. But it is quite expensive. That's the thing. Like, do you know the ones that are like Vivera? I think so. Yeah. In the fridge aisle. Mm-hmm. They do like steaks and oh, they do like um, kebab meat, like doner kebab. Oh, that gives me. Heat. Is it doner kebab or is it like is doner kebab the strips? Yeah. <laughs> it's not right. It's not Donna Kebab then, it's like Shish Kebab. Right. But that is really good. It's got like a this this kind of like almost like chewy texture to it, which I don't really like because that's a bit more like meat and I've never really eaten meat, so it puts me off. But it, it, it is quite like substantial. It's really it's quite tasty. Just to um just to, to dig you up on something there when you said you don't eat meat. You I distinctly remember a phase that you went through where you would eat like chicken bakora and kebabs and things. Mostly after a night Chicken pakora and kebabs? Are you pulling my leg? I was on a night out with you and you were eating chicken pakora. No, categorically not. Or were you eating like a chicken hoagie or something? A chicken what? Hoagie. What's a hoagie? A wrap with chips in it. I was going to say, what part of the chicken is the hoagie? <laughs> no, 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 no. And that is true. And my mum does listen to this podcast. So my boy this yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> I did go through I went through you know we all go through rebellious phases and I did for a wee while have this bad habit of after night out getting like and it only to be fair only happened like two or three times getting like a chicken burger from the 24 hour bakery in Dundee mm-hmm. also very occasionally used to get a bacon roll when I was very hungover on a Saturday <laughs> at work but I don't do that anymore Would you shop in the vegan butcher shop? Is this in London? Yeah. Right. But just if there was one opened around the corner from you. I would definitely go and look at it. I would want to know what kind of what kind of shop it was. Is it like a is it just a shop where they've got all of the meat alternatives in one place or have they got a counter with various, you know, I don't know, vegan deli meat? Woody's Vegan Butcher is the new venture from the folk behind Woody's Vegan Dine on Camden, promising plant-based versions of meat staples like bacon, black pudding, turkey and burger patties. See, that's fair enough. If you're going to, like, 
we're going to make homemade vegan burgers, sell them in a thing, call it a butcher shop, because that's what it is. It's a vegan butcher shop. Yeah. Along with all the staples for a barbecue or a Saturday morning fry-up, there's going to be a full meat-free selection, including the likes of smoked ham, salami, pepperoni and pastrami. Perfect for a night in with a bottle of wine. Oh, they're definitely aiming at a kind of middle-class market, aren't they? Yeah. Which is classic London vegan is middle-class. Because, but, and let's be honest, a lot of the time, like we've said, we've kind of touched on, meat alternatives are expensive compared to just buying cheap meat. Yeah, no, they absolutely. They can be. They are, they are expensive. You, you um, don't get corn in London McCartney in your local Scott Mid or Premier. No, you don't. So I guess even being vegan and vegetarian is a luxury. Oh no, it totally is. But it's weird, like if you like, I guess in the old, ye olde days of like rich people had ate lots of meat and were all fat, and then like now, rich people are all vegans and veggies, and it's cheap meat that. It's like, you know, meat is very cheap and, you know, obesity and things is a bit higher, higher rates of obesity and more deprived it is. It's funny how these things change. I was going to say, though, see the idea of like a vegan butcher shop, you asked me if I would go, it kind of just reminded me, because it kind of went, do you remember that cereal cafe that opened in London and it was like five yeah, pounds for a gimmicky, isn't it? It is a bit gimmicky. don't know if I'd want to feed into that. But, oh, such a curmudgeon. A what? A curmudgeon. What the hell's a curmudgeon? That sounds like an old offensive term. Yeah, grumpy old git. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I am. Actually, I am. I know. You've always been a grumpy old git, but I think you're getting worse as you get older. Odd. Should we call that a day? I'm just fittering with my mic. I know you always do, and I always have to body edit it out. Sorry. What? I look like a floating head now. You kind of look like a half retracted foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, shall we vote? Yes. So, Karen of the week. So, we had your, what was his name? Uh, I don't know, Bob or Phil or something. <laughs> I think it was Phil. And Phil isn't too happy with the the narrative of free school meals because we're not quite talking about homeless veterans. Is that right? We're not talking about, we're not talking enough about dead homeless veterans. Right. I mean, I think we, I think we are. I think we're like in the height of, poppy season right now i think that's you know really in in the zeitgeist at the minute okay you just know there's going to be um poppy masks oh my god oh my god i hadn't even thought about that right that's a whole other debate so as well as like mask fascism and people like um there'll be, there'll be poppy fascism Pop, mask poppy fascism there's a there's a black cab that drives around this neck of the woods. I see it a couple of times a week. It's had a poppy on its front grill since, I want to say, late August. <laughs> Some people just have them on all year round. Is that is that really the height of respect, to have a manky, greasy, pollution-covered poppy 
on your taxi. Seriously. <laughs> anyway, that I I can't I can't get into that, Bethany. I don't have yeah, to. That's that's a that's a topic for another day. Mm. So so Phil was a bit peeved that um we were it's kind of classic one upmanship, uh and what do you call it? Um what about today? Yeah. Like, well, Sod Dwayne's, what about the homeless veterans? Well, yes, Phil, you know, if that is a very reasonable and a very worthy cause. I don't want anybody to be homeless. But at the moment, we're talking about the fact that the government decided not to feed the Waynes and we're actually relying on a young, a 22-year-old man, a 22-year-old footballer to say, well, actually, that's not right. We need to feed children and rally the country to do that, which is a disgrace. Yeah, it's like it's like if you're at a meeting and you have an agenda, and someone's like, "What about what about the veterans?" I'm like, "Yep, that's that's coming up on the agenda, but we're just talking about this now." Yeah, but what about the veterans? Like, yeah, that's coming up, but you know, we're just talking about this just now. So, and also, Phil can absolutely feel free to start a national campaign to help homeless veterans if he wants, the way Marcus Rashford did to help kids. You've got to everyone's got their cross to not their cross to bear. That's the wrong phrase. Everyone's got their hill to die on? No, that's a negative phrase. <laughs> Everyone's got their cause that is close to their heart. And exactly. Marcus Rashford is food poverty. Fair enough. Phil's is homeless veterans, but he needs to do something about it instead of adding the, the party that's been in opposition for the last 10 years who have literally not had a chance to do anything about it. So for that reason, I think he should be Karen of the Week because of his ridiculous whataboutery. And also, can we talk about, we never even spoke about hashtag most lives matter. What the hell does that mean? Well, that was too much to, do, to delve into. <laughs> I, want, I want to know who, whose lives, in fact, I can, listen, I'm not going to say it, but I can, anyway, I'm not going to say it, I'm saying nothing. So we'll then talk about mine, who is Ian, who is um, not happy. Two minutes. All male lineup tonight. All male lineup. Like a version of the Chippendales or whatever they're called. <laughs> so Ian isn't happy that a vegan butcher shop is opening because under the Trades Description Act, a butcher is a person whose trades is cutting up and selling meat in a shop. So it's very pedantic, isn't it? It's very. Oh yeah. You know, it's very. You know, he, he knows his rights. He knows his rights. It's also. Like, uh, listen, see if you've got time in your hands to do that. I think you need a hobby. If you get time in your hands to write to trade the standards and say, these guys aren't butchers, you need to get you need to get a hobby, even if it's just reading. And then it's the it's the kind of passive aggressive joke at the end. Unless of course he secretly sticks a lamb in amongst the vegetables. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Which is a little attempt at humour, but also kind of Quite passive aggressive. Also, if he was selling vegetables, it would be a bloody greengrocer's idiot. Yeah, isn't they're not selling vegetables, they're selling meat substitutes. Substitutes, yeah. <sighs> um, so to I me, would this love... is very Karen because it's. Um, it's yeah. Know Your Rights. Know Your Rights is very pedantic. You know, they're not quite happy that. Um, you know, veganism kind of riles people up because, you know, it's not the traditional, you know, meat and two veg. <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the veg being potatoes. Yeah, gam and egg and chips. <laughs> so it's kind of going against the norm. It's, you know, people kind of um, 
What's wrong with a good old plate of stew? <laughs> I would love to be the, like a fly on the wall when, when that Trading Standards official gets that letter through. It's like, oh, somebody's made a complaint about the vegan butcher shop in Camden. Can I really, can I really be bothered chasing that up? Like, are they, <laughs> are they harming anybody? I think they've probably got bigger fish to fry with like other more important and more dangerous misleading mm-hmm. marketing things. <sighs> so they both tick boxes, really. Yeah. I'm inclined to go for for yours this week. Well, that's what I was going to say. I'm inclined to vote yeah. for Phil. It's the what what about? It's it's the what about and it's the it's the um it's the tagging of the Labour Party. I just don't get it. What do you want them to do? But then what? I think the very the very mention of like the trade trades description action <laughs> trading standards, that is so Karen. That is so Karen. you're right, that is so Karen. That is like can I speak to the manager? That essentially is. That's the manager of managers trading standards. Yeah. Yeah, that's your manager's manager's manager. <laughs> you're, the, you're the the manager of all managers. <laughs> oh, I'm really I I think I am conflicted, but I, I'm 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 kind of siding towards my own one. Yeah, week. but I was, but then the more I think about it, just the sheer mention of trading standards. You're right. Oh, I'm torn. Yeah, let's call it a draw. Yeah. Because I think I do. I think I do want to vote for me. So yeah, I vote each. So <laughs> we both win. We both win. Or we both lose, depending on what yeah. we can. Well, that's nice. That's nice. Oh well then, I've not even I've kind of lost track of the scores. I can't even remember who won last week. I wasn't really. Tra- I wasn't ever keeping track of scores. It's only you. <laughs> oh my sorry. That was um, fun this week. I enjoyed. We spoke about some heavy stuff, but it's always good to chat. Soon as you don't let me talk to you out with the podcast, so it's nice <laughs> to catch up. <laughs> no, we've been. Have we not been chatting this week? We have a wee bit. Yeah. No, it's good to chat. I think, although we have we have reached a tie for card of the week, I really do think we have to give an ordinary mention to to Joe who wrote that that poem that I read oh, out at the start. Yeah. Oh, honestly. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, good effort, good effort again this week. That's episode eight. I can't believe we've done eight episodes. That's so crazy. Uh, like, guys, uh, like this um, video if you think we should make more. <laughs> yeah. zero, zero likes. <laughs> um, if you want to get in touch, as always, it's what is it now, Karen at gmail.com. Like, follow, rate, subscribe, all the good stuff on Spotify, YouTube. We still only have one subscriber on YouTube and it's me. Um, Joseph doesn't subscribe, so yeah. And you can follow us on Instagram. What yeah. is it now, Karen? That's where we're the most active, so that's where to follow Absolutely, us. Absolutely, yeah. And you can see our really cool artwork um, as well by one of our friends. Very talented, very cool. So yeah, that wraps us up for another week, another episode. Are you ready for a wee bath? Oh, I might just. <laughs> See you next week. Oh my God, no, before we go, oh. I, need to, I need to play us out with this song.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.